Welcome back, listeners. Today, we have a special guest for you, Simone Vesio. She has a lovely energy about her and she lives and breathes healthy skin. It has been her life's work. She is the distributor of Derma Vigils here in Australia and in New Zealand. And she has so many wonderful stories that she can tell you about her journey and what brought her to where she is today. So I would love you to get yourself a cup of tea, sit back and listen to the podcast that I have for you today. Welcome to Salon Conversations. It's Lisa Conway here and I'm your host. We often know the public face of those that we look up to in the hair and beauty space, but I'm really keen to find out the full story, the backstory. Why this industry? Where did it all start for them? Where are they now? And where do they expect to be next? In this podcast, I'll be looking behind the salon door because that's the salon conversation. I'm really keen to have. Welcome, Simone. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. It was really keen. I was really keen to speak to you because I think that um, what you do at Derma Vigils is really different. And even I, being in the industry, didn't understand the difference between one particular skin range and another until I met Rebecca and she, the skin whisperer, and she said, let's do the 90 day challenge and see what we can achieve. And I'm blown away. So I was really keen to talk to you because I thought, I wonder what your journey was. How did you end up where you are today? And what was, what was the thing that made you very interested in this particular company? Hello, Lisa, and thank you very much for having me on the podcast. It's really lovely to be here. Um, yes, we do have a, a friend in common there with Rebecca Miller. And if you're going to have your skin under anyone's hand, she is one of the greats in our industry, that's for sure. So you are in good hands. So how did I enter into this industry and how did I get into being a distributor? Well, the first of all, I just want to say the best thing about our industry and one of the most exciting things about our industry is we can diverse in so many different ways. You don't need to pin your th- pigeonhole yourself as either a therapist that is in a room all the time with skin consultations hands-on. Um, you can look out, there's business development managers, there's educators, there's educators who are BDMs. There um, are so many things. And like I have, I've moved through the industry. I wouldn't say up, it's just sideways. There's no up and down our industry. Every role is important. But now coming from um, therapists through to educators, into being a um, distributor. My pathway for getting there was my catalyst was my daughter's skin. So my daughter at the age of 12 started to show signs of um, grade one acne. It was just your normal congestion. Things were going, hormones were changing. I didn't know as a lay person and as a mum sitting at home how acne can progress. So by the time, fast forward two years, by the time she's 14, she had grade four cystic acne that was actually disfiguring, very sore, um, red, purple on her face. It's one of those acnes that you see and you think, what the hell am I going to do with that? So as a mum, I had a child there not wanting to go to school that was being picked on when she did go to school and was really um, struggling mentally, not just with the pain and the disfigurement, but also just with life. So I started reaching out to beauty therapists all around my area. I lived on Sydney's northern beaches then, and I cannot tell you how much money I spent from salon to salon to salon. I wasn't salon hopping. I was literally just trying to find a solution. I cannot also say how much I, how many products we had in our bathroom for her um, and still couldn't find a solution. 
So that was one catalyst. So from that, I thought, no, I'm not gaining access here. I have to learn about what the drivers are for my child's skin and what's going on there. So I started to do a bit of research more into hormone issues and and, um, not just the topical skincare and found out there was a lot more to this than seeing a beauty therapist and having a topical skincare put on. But no therapist ever told me that. So I started to see that there was a massive gap in our industry before moving to a dermatologist. And may I say in our country, I've worked around the world, but our country, our dermatologists work. Yes, you get to them by the time you're going to antibiotics and oracutane, but they don't fill you in with how to best drive the skin when you're going through these sort of treatments. So I could see this massive gap, but as a mum at home, I'm thinking, how do I fill that gap? I know nothing how to get into this industry. Fast forward the next year and I ended up in country Victoria or country New South Wales on the Victorian border. That year I had to fill my life in with something and I thought, "Mm, I'm going to start nursing. I just really wanted to be a nurse. So I went to Charles Sturt and that was booked out, couldn't get in. So I went off to um, a local beauty college and said, do you have any spots I would like to join this year to fill my time because I love facials and I really want to know more about skin. Went through that, absolutely loved my year. And then that drove me to say, right, there is so much more education needed here. Um, Once you become a therapist, you come straight out of college. I don't know what college your listeners have been to or what their journey has been, but I definitely came out not feeling I was armed to do anything with skin. I was really feeling not confident about ingredients, about chemistry and about how they interacted with cells and systems. So I then started to find pathways to better my knowledge to be able to confidently work with the clients at another clinic I was working at. And from there, after 12 weeks of working at that clinic, I started to find out that not everyone's in our business for the betterment of skin. Sometimes it comes down to purely financial. And I know we've got to keep make money to pay our rent. But I believe when you have the education and you have skin always at the um, forefront of what you're thinking about, the money follows afterwards. So I jumped ship and went and opened my own clinic after 12 weeks from being out of college. And um, that's pretty much the start of my journey into this. So a, a beauty therapist, basically, when I left college. Wow. That, that's that, Yes, I do see people see that. And I just cringe because I think, oh, but you don't know the business side yet. So tell me, what did you do before you had, because the problems arose when your daughter um, wasn't well with her skin or skin wasn't well. Yeah. So what did you do before all of that? What, what career did you have? Oh, gee. Okay. Well, my biggest career and my most successful career has been a mum. There was nothing I wanted more. And I know that's probably not the answer you were thinking to expecting to get. Um, There was nothing I wanted more from the age of around 14 was to be married and to have children. I was a um, very maternal person and still am. Um, But in between um, always being home with my children, I was an interior decorator and um, I worked for the likes of Harvey Norman, um, Oz Design, uh, Freedom Furniture and doing the room design. So when you walk in there and you see how lovely they look, that was my job to put these rooms together. Yeah, wow. um, yeah so that was that was one of my jobs. I was a secretary when I first left school. Um, no, actually, that's a lie. When I first left school, I was hairdressing and I did that for uh, two years. But back then we used to perm every day in and out which we were just full of perms I was very allergic to nearly every ingredient I was touching so um, 
uh, contact dermatitis took me out of the game. And um, yeah, went to secretarial school and then really hated that because I um, just, yes, didn't like that one bit. And then went into um, interior design. But all the while, my focus were my children. Um, so they were really part-time loves. It was actually a love. They were part-time jobs. Skin is my love with my family. Yeah, that's, well, that's worked in perfectly. And I think the skills that you get from the jobs that you had before you find the one that, that you love yeah. and, you know, um, they come into play. So the hairdressing would have had you understanding people, you know, that would have been really good. The secretarial skills, you might have been like me, that would have been a waste of time. No, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. And I think that there's all those things that you learn and the creativeness. So there's obviously a big creative flair for you because to be able to put together, um, you know, those space, visual spaces, mm-hmm. created a lot of um, joy in you too. I was the same as you. When I um, left school, I just wanted to be a mum. I just mm-hmm. did. I just, and that was something I always wanted to do. It was never an option. I was always fascinated that some women would say they're not sure if they want to have children or not. And I thought, oh, that box was just ticked for me in, the, in my DNA. And I knew I always wanted to have kids. And so I was looking for um, a job that I could do around the children. It wasn't yeah. that I would have had a job and then I had to fit the children in around the job. So we're very similar in that way. I hear you. Yeah, and it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter how old your kids are, whether they're 12 with acne or, you know, 27 and mental health problems, they're, they're your kids forever, aren't they? You don't, this myth that when they get to high school or university, you're done, like, done, doesn't work like that, doesn't it? We've had it. No way. And I'm, I'm sitting in the stage now waiting for our grandchildren to arrive. So there'll be a whole nother, a whole nother um, chapter to our children and, and what happens next. Oh, I can't wait for that bit. I reckon that's, yeah, I'm, I'm only a couple of years away, I think, and I'm very excited. So when you think about skin, I think the thing that I was fascinated with, with skin, and it didn't really happen or I didn't notice until when I was menopause, I tried different medications to get that sorted. And one of the um, problems I had was I wasn't getting much of a result from um, a HRT replacement in a tablet form. Mm. I ended up going to this professor um, in, a, in, a, in Melbourne and she gave me a cream to rub mm. off my skin. Mm. And I thought, how does that work? Mm. It made me think, what about everything else that I rub on my skin? So rubbing this HRT uh, Sedrina gel, it's called, and I rub two on at night before I go to bed, and that absolutely nailed the problem. So it made me normal made me back to the Lisa Conway that I knew and loved and mm. made everything better. And then, um, then I also take a testosterone cream too and I rub that on my skin. And it wasn't until that experience that I thought, bloody hell, what about all the other things that I rub on my skin that go into my body? Mm. And that really started me on the journey of thinking, we need to look at the ingredients of what we're doing. We need to really understand. And I think for me, the greatest part of me understanding my skin is to just know that it's an organ like your liver and your kidney and all of those things and I was fascinated that people will have skin that's not good that's not it's not a good color it's not a good texture you know it's either flaky or oily or something and I think that's just an organ that you can see whereas if your liver was doing that and you could see it and mostly we can't we have to do tests to do that through doctors but I think, isn't it a wonderful way to see how you're going health-wise? Mm. And that's, that's what just blew me away. And I couldn't believe 
And even I'd been a hairdresser, so it wasn't a beauty therapist, but I'd work with lots and lots of beauty therapists. And I agree, there's different types. And so there'll be some people listening to this and who aren't happy with me saying things like, I had to stop doing all the peels and all those sort of things. Now, there's people who argue and say, no, that's not true. And everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But for me personally, the minute I stopped doing all those things and really nurtured my skin, a bit like you might um, toil in a garden instead of using Roundup and mm-hmm. those things, how you might just nurture your soil really well and then you'll get a really good produce. Does that make sense? You've brought some really good things to the table there. It was a really lovely way to introduce that. I'll just sort of round that up by, by reiterating to what probably everybody understands and knows listening to the podcast from our industry that, Yes, skin is the largest organ of our body. Without it, we die. It's that simple um, or that drastic. And it's an excretory and absorbatory organ. So as you pointed out, you can rub um, a transdermal um, a cream on yourself and have a result. Um, so that is a really, really important thing. So there's there's two uh, sides to that, Lisa. Basically, we have to look at the molecular size of the cream we're rubbing on, but also what the chemist has designed to be a delivery system because not all topical preparations in our industry does get past the first three lines of skin barrier defence. Our skin, if it's functioning well, should have a defence system and before we hit our immune cells in the um, in the stratum corneal, oh, sorry, in the um, uh, epidermis, which is our fourth line of defense, being the Langerhans cells, let's go back to our first three lines of our skin's functioning well, most creams and the actives don't get through um, because it's an oil and water protein, um, uh, uh, let's call it a wall, a building wall. And if it's competent, that's where these uh, ingredients will sit. However, um, if people are needling their skin or using other things like sonophrases and intophrases, or if the chemist has put in some kind of delivery system of which I get, I'm blessed to work with in the dermovigils range, which is um, encapsulations of our liposomes and nanoparticles, much like how you're working with your hormone cream, we have a direct delivery system through the first three lines of barrier defense to put our actives towards the cell receptors that actually require those actives to be able to function or require those cells to be able to function with those actives at their optimal, um, you know, ability. So yes, everything that we apply on our skin does have a direct response. We've got to remember also that when we're talking about the skin being flaky or dry or congested, the skin is the site of response. So quite often um, we've got our hands on something that can tell us how our clients are or how well they are because the skin is telling a story. And if you look at a skin and it's intact, healthy and calm, it's telling you a story that its owner is actually treating it with respect. Now, when a skin starts to show up very red and irritated and um, reactive, You've got to look deep and find out, is it the person abusing their own skin, whether it be chemically or um, through different modalities or neglect, or is it something that... um, that's intrinsic and they're suffering from um, things like rosacea or eczema or psoriasis. And then we've got to look at the skin is that side of that response and how do we help best manage it? So we have a very, very big job to do. Um, And remember, it's the largest organ in the body. And I know doctors and um, 
um, you know, heart surgeons. And I'm not saying, you know, we're here doing brain surgery, but we're working on a larger organ. And if we don't know our job well and haven't educated extremely well with what we've got in front of us, um, we can be missing a lot of things and simply just offering touch therapy. And that's okay. I, I believe our industry has moved into two very different pathways and either pathway is great. So one pathway is extreme skin um, health and skin uh, working with skin structure and function and working more closely to the dermatological side of skin correction. The other is your relaxation therapy, your touch therapy. And trust me, when I want a quiet facial, I always make sure I've got my product going on board, but I don't need the skin analysis. I just want to have that nurturing facial. We need both sides to our industry. But if you're taking the first side and you're working seriously with skin, its condition and cells and systems and how they function, so much study needs to be done to be exceptional um, in that role that you're playing for your clients. It's, um, it's such a long, you have to be patient, wouldn't you? Like it's not like in a salon, um, in the hairdressing version, someone comes in and you cut their hair and the result's right there in front of mm-hmm. you, you know, and in colour it can take a little longer but not that much longer that you might have to, you know, someone's dark and they want to go to blonde and so you've got to remove the dark and it might take a few goes. But, gosh, you must have to be patient. So I think if I was interviewing for people, I'd say, how, tell me a, a situation in life when you're patient. because Resilience and patience. Yeah, because it's very... Um, and the other thing is too, not only patience, you've got to have trust with your clients because if the client's not telling you what they're doing, like if they are doing things in between and not telling you, then that... That clouds your information, doesn't it? And that would be it does, it does. But what we've um, what we teach within our company is it's a, a technique of advanced skin um, consultations because basically within our within our company we work to have every everyone that joins us really has to be heading towards that um, dermatological side of skin correction. Um, you can still do those um, relaxing facials, but we study uh, we mentor and educate for that side. So the biggest thing we teach to kickstart off with is how to work with a hour to an hour and a half comprehensive skin consultation and it is gaining trust of the therapist gaining trust with their client but it's actually more the other way lisa we have to have the 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 client trusting us and hanging off every word we're saying because we can back it up by a knowledge to help educate them to actually stop clinic hopping stop throwing things into their bathroom cabinet that could be the aggravating factor to their skin um to to come forward and let us know if they have a markup it's like going on a diet like you've got to come back to your trainer look i have put on a kilo this week because you know what I hit Maccas three times I had a really down week we want the clients to come back and say yes my skin flared but you know what I sat in the sun and I used a random sunscreen and this is why it happened so it has to be a two-way street that that trust and that um, uh, companionship works and that only starts with the connection via a very long and intensive getting to know you getting to know your skin getting to know every parameter about you and your life so we can piece together why your skin is presenting like it is and how best can we take the journey together not just me telling you or you telling me together to get the optimal results for yourself without the two-way street we will never end up at the results we're both wanting to achieve no absolutely not and that's that's where I think it takes um, well, a courageous conversation to say yeah. to say to a client, right? I'll take you on, but this mm-hmm. is what I want from 
from you. And I think that's what Rebecca said to me. She said, it's no point coming to me until you're ready to do it 100%, which means you have to get rid of all the other things that you're using. I said, well, I'm almost out of a couple of things. And she said, well, give the rest away, which I did, um, and started again. And it was interesting, a bit like when you go to a naturopath or someone, they say, okay, you can eat chicken, rice, something else, and then, then we're going to introduce things as we go. And it's a, I felt the journey was a little bit like that. We started with fundamentals. Yes. Um, and even as simple as, this will make you laugh, but even as simple as cleanse your skin twice. Mm -hmm. When she said that, I thought, never done that before. Yet I've always shampooed my hair twice. Mm -hmm. She said, well, it just makes sense to do it twice. You've done it properly. And absolutely I do it every time and it's amazing that just that little technique and that's where you can't deliver all that information to somebody if they're not listening, mm. if they're not prepared and they're not invested and that's when you can only get it two ways. I guess from a consumer point of view, I always felt like whenever I went into um, any beauty salon and had a facial or something because I think, oh, I used to say, oh, I just need a facial and it was because I was, you know, out of products or, you know, something needed a bit of love and uh, they would ask you what you're using and I couldn't help but notice that they always bag the shit out of oh. the other brand <gasps> always now they were always professional brands that I used but mm -hmm. it didn't matter where I went and I and that was a feeling that I always felt like I'd wasted my money but it also made me think well that's just because you love this brand and that's your opinion but no one ever sort of explained to me, and I, and I say that all the time when I'm educating, I say that person's invested their time in a person and they've got half of the job done. So don't, don't make them feel bad for showing up. Mm -hmm. Just say we can, you know, explain why it would be better if you stuck to one brand. And I think my journey has always been you go into a salon and you, you get your um, facial done and you come away with the products and you feel really good about what you're going to do and you've decided like weight loss you decided you're going to eat healthy right and then somewhere along the way you start to not do the thing properly and before you know it you're just rounding the corners and that's where you have to make the next appointment because what I'd prefer that they did was gave you the foundation piece and said right in three weeks come back and I'll give you the next step in three weeks come back and I'll give you the next step but absolutely take you on Whereas what happens is you start to not cleanse. That, that doesn't happen to me anymore because I'm older and realise that that was a mistake I was making. But if you want real, really real lasting results, it's a two-way street, isn't it? You have to. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You, you, you to touched on a really good thing there. Like for, for our industry, and I think it's really important, we um, as, as an industry, no matter what product we are selling in the professional realm, we only hold such a small portion of the consumer skincare regimes. Mostly, mostly the people who own that are the Nivea and the oil overlay, um, everything that's sold in chemists and department stores and Woolworths and Coles. Now, they hold the biggest part of the industry over 98%. So if we have people walk through our threshold of our doors and we start um, uh, talking about other professional skincare lines in a bad way, we are really giving more power over to the big players of our industry because people will become disillusioned. And I don't know about how it made you feel, Lisa, but 
If I'd invested, let's say, six, $700 in another skincare line, then I turned up and someone told me how shit it was, um, I'd be feeling pretty miffed and I'd be feeling down on myself and start to second guess too. Is this person that's saying that selling me something? It, it doesn't start my brain on a good pathway, put it that way, for someone to, to do that. The way we arm our therapists is this. At least you have your client, and thanks to the last therapist they saw, using some form of a regime. So they've already taught them that it's important to cleanse, treatment, tonic, serum, moisturize. So you're one step ahead um, by that therapist previously doing that. And then all you do from there, nothing needs to be bad. All you've got to do is if you have a product line in front of you that has the chemistry to work with the skin and not against it, it's as simple as using chemistry in your one and a half hour skin consultation. So finding the aggravating factors about client skin that's um, like preserving emulsifiers, silicones, perfumes, mineral oils, things that the skin doesn't see as a friend. It's, they're non-physiological and the skin cells can't do anything with that. They're foreign. So once we teach our, our students chemistry and how chemistry can work with or against the skin, there is no need to bar, bag out any product. Simply, I say to my clients, I am working with simple chemistry here that cannot be, that can't be, um, you know, it can't lie. It is what it is. It's what's in the solutions you're using. And this is why the skin's presenting as it is. So it's another way we um, arm and help our, our clinicians understand and not have to go um, tooth and nail at someone else's product. It only makes you look bad. And it doesn't help the client understand the why their last $600 prescription hasn't performed the way they were hoping it was going to. That's why they're seeing another therapist again. And I think for me as a consumer, you just think, oh, why do I bother? Mm, that's all too hard. That's the feeling you get. And I particularly um, struggle with fragrances in mm. yeah. I really don't like like even a lip balm or anything. I, they go, oh, this one's a strawberry. Ugh, couldn't think of anything worse. It's not a proper strawberry flavour anyway. And I, I'm always been against those things, not because they irritated me, but because I didn't like the, the fragrance. So it's interesting that you say that the fragrance really doesn't have anything to do with it. However, I think that's a that's a key thing that people are drawn to because um, I've got a girlfriend who has money to spend and she does and she wears a lot of foundation and I quizzed her about it because I said you can't wear that much foundation when you get older because I said it's not going to look good because I said I don't wear foundation the only thing I do is put a bit of concealer around my eyes and if I'm being filmed or something then I will of course but day to day I don't whereas this girlfriend does and I said to her she needed to um, look after her skin better and mm. then wouldn't have to wear the foundation. She goes, no, I've done it all my life. I can never wear foundation. No one ever sees me. She, it's the first thing I do when she puts, you won't even buy white tops because she said I always get foundation on them. And I said to her, you can make it better if you, you know, if you find the right person. She goes, find the right person. I've been here and she named two salons that I'd mentored that she'd been to. She goes, I've been there, been everywhere. I just do it myself now. She goes, I go online and I buy everything from Mecca. Oh, dear. And I said, that's not, they don't align. I said, you're not doing it properly. Anyway, I finally got her to Rebecca and um, I said to Rebecca, go hard on her because she's, <laughs> she's like me. She's a bit of a know-it-all and, um, and she's loving it. Amazing. Really. Yeah. She said she'd been to them and I agree with her. I said, yes, and I agree with you. But until you find the right person who's prepared to be there for the long haul and you put in your work the same, that, you know, it's 50 
then you'll get the results. So, and she's only just in the journey now. She's only about maybe, well, probably about six weeks in. I must check in and see how she's going. Yeah, it's one of the things we actually teach therapists and it's along the lines of get the commitment from your client. Are you ready, Lisa, to make this journey with me together? Because if, and then if I see you balk or you go, oh, oh, you know what, I just want to finish all this. Okay, that's fine, Lisa. I'll be here when you're ready. But until you are, let's just have you in on a, on a relaxing facial. When we're both ready to address your skin concerns, I'll be here for you. So if they're not ready, this it's leading off all the water. You can't make a drink. So um, that's exactly where you know people have to be ready to change their skins. Absolutely, really important. And I think one of the things that I, because we have worked together for you, I've presented to um, a group of a couple of rooms, one in New Zealand, one in Australia. You did. And then we went to the awards night afterwards, and what I was blown away with was the the prizes you held for the before and after skin photos. <laughs> yeah, really cool because I think that's so important. That just shows that because I know that in every one of those photos there was months had passed. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's the resilience. Skin doesn't change overnight and if any TV commercial or therapist is telling you in four weeks' time you'll have this amazing result, um, you will have a change in four weeks. But depending on what we're starting with, um, I, I've got before and afters that have been a 17-month journey of severe acne um, to a beautiful, beautiful skin. But that's 17 months commitment. And what I love to say to my clients when I know it's going to be a long journey, I'll say, right, well, Lisa, let's just pretend here, you're 45. So you've lived in your skin for 45 years. I know that's not right. But... Um, give me 24 months to get it right. You've had 45 years in it. This is if you had a severe skin condition. So I ask for that dedicated time so the client isn't continually coming back to me and say after four weeks, well, when's my skin going to be different? When's it going to change? Um, it's, it's setting those expectations for the client. Nothing happens quickly overnight. But you actually um, touched on a good thing there, the before and afters. We have so many of them through the individuals family across Australia and New Zealand globally, actually, because a lot of our countries work with individuals medically. So in hospitals, dermatology clinics, every country gets to place the product how they want to place it. And me being how I was in my clinic and looking for something that trod in between that dermatological skin correction and beauty, um, I knew I had the tool in my hand. It was how I was going to help the clinicians understand how to bring their education up to work with this tool. So the results we can get on wound healing and skin disorders that no other range, I stocked five ranges in my clinics over the time, they couldn't even touch these skin conditions but if you've got the recipe and you've got the know-how to make something, you can come away with um, exceptional results. And that's why we have such amazing before and afters. And I think um, I'd be interested to find out how you came across the brand because mm. for me, I came across the brand because we were across the, the walkway in a trade show. Yes. And, and then um, well, I think it wasn't me, but one of, the, one of my team came over and said, oh, they make the foundation exactly to you. And I went, oh, that makes sense. Because we all bought foundation and got it home and thought, that's orange. Or I look like I'm in a morgue, you know. And so he's bronzing the hell out of that one. And the orange one, you just chuck that one in the bin. Or you buy one and then go back and buy a darker one and mix them together. He had done that too. <laughs> so that's how I became interested because I, I got a foundation to start. But it wasn't skincare when I started. And it wasn't until a long time after that I met, met Rebecca and she explained it a little bit to me so that got me interested because I, I do like facts um but how did you come across the brand love 
So during my um, leaving leaving college and looking for more education, I studied and followed Florence Barrett Hill, who's been a mentor of mine and an amazing guiding light over the years. Um, I sat in uh, no no less than seven of her, her ASA classes, advanced skin analysis classes, and just kept learning from her. Now she wrote a chemistry book quite back um, some time ago, and through that book, Flo has always taught about the chemical ingredients that should never touch the skin, but was never able to marry that up with a formulator that could actually pull a product together with the way her brain was thinking how skin should be treated. Now while she was um, getting all of her um, documentation together to publish this book, she came across um, Coco Dermavigils over in Germany. And she thought, oh my God, this chemist is speaking my brain, has either plagiarized me up with the book I haven't even put out, or, you know, am I channeling him? So she gave um, my uh, Reka, my business partner, my now business partner, um, a tap on the shoulder and said, look, you need to go over to Germany, hot-footed over there and have a look at this product range. Don't know if you can bring it back in. Don't know anything more about it, but it sounds like the holy grail to skin correction. So um, I went over as a um, confidant and a uh, mentor with Reka because my, my field was chemistry and advanced skin education. And to have a look for her and see if this was the real deal. Of course, I couldn't tell on the spot, but once I went through the aseptic laboratories, and that's a whole other podcast we could talk about how skincare should be made and isn't made like that in Australia, um, and the technology that goes behind making a derma membrane structure cream and the delivery system we touched on earlier to get through the skin to a targeted cell, my mind was already blown. That was before seeing a manual the size of, I don't know, four chapters of um, you know, the largest book you can think of that you've read. Um, it was just, it was just mind blowing. Then I had time with the chemist and the um, creator behind Dermavigils and jumped back on a plane for 24 hours to get back to Australia and could not stop reading that manual. So I brought back $3,000, not euros, just $3,000 Australian dollars worth of product. I picked the hardest skins I could in my clinic that I was on great skincare. Uh, they were on great skincare and under my hands, but I couldn't get their results and put them on a 12-week trial. Notice I didn't say four weeks, 12-week trial minimum. That's still very, very short. Now, during that time, I was reporting back to my business partner saying, um, at this, this stage, we hadn't formed a company. We were just seeing if this product worked. And I, I sent her photos at a six-week mark, which was half of my case study, and said, no matter what, we're doing this. I, this is already going beyond the expectations I could have even asked for. Um, and my protocol was exactly what you were put under. You stop everything you've got. You will come in for one facial um, every three to four weeks, no machinery, because I had to see how the product performed. And um, from that, we'll, we'll, I'll assess it. So before even the the 12 week trial was up, we placed our first little order and I'd run your good of yours and my good friend, Rebecca. And um, that's from Labella, the Labella group. Um, I was already in business with Rebecca due to Max Plus LED. So she uses our LED device and said, Beck, I have got something that is going to change your business. And Beck was using three lines back then and all three of them, as good as they are in our industry, don't have the chemistry to work with the skin. They were more our, our older way of working with peeling and breaking down to get products in. 
And she said, and she said, yep, no matter what you do, Simone, I know you reset to everything. Don't even talk to me about an opening order. Just get the products here. Now that's the client you want, isn't it? Um, but the way you get those clients is you build a relationship and trust just like you are with your end users when you're doing facial treatments. So Beth pioneered with me. I flew down to Parks. We sat in a motel room one night. We're reading the manual together and I'm saying, because I still had German labels on my bottles. I said, now this one's the cleanser and, you know, we're trying to read German and we got it set up and got her going. Um, and look, the story just flourishes from there. Why? Why did it flourish? Where, how are we are where we are today um, in a short decade um, as being one of the leading skin correction brands in Australasia? Um, it's because it works and because we just arm everyone with education, which is my complete passion. Yeah. Uh, so how did we, that's how we got there, brought it back, case studies, Beck started up and um, then every cent that Raker and I made went back into the business. It was three years before Raker and I took our first paycheck. And that was, you're holding on to your seat there, Lisa. <laughs> we, we cut ourselves a check for $250 in our third year of trade. <laughs> I framed it. <laughs> um, couldn't spend that. Um, so both of us kept running our other businesses in tandem. Um, but like I said, every cent we, um, we were able to put together, um, we kept pushing back into the business to be able to bring on staff and um, start to market, find our feet in the marketplace, get a voice for dermavigils, um, set up training platforms. And, um, yeah, and, and grow our team and grow our therapists because if you're not giving back to the therapist in some way or the clinics, um, the relationship doesn't work. It has to be a win everywhere. So, yeah, that's the short story of how Dermavigils got started in Australasia. There you go. And it's such an interesting um, thought process is today I find more than anything things are so instant and mm. it's a bit like, um, you know, the the butt challenge and the abs challenge in four weeks and, and and I work hard like in the gym and people say to me, oh, how did you do, you know, what did you do? And I think just set three years aside to sort yourself out because mm. I exercised until I was 52, I think, when my mum died and it's actually, this is my fourth year and I think people go, oh, I can't do that, it's too, whoa, really? And I go, well, you know what? I was 50, so I'd already lived 50 years in that body. So why don't I be grateful for the 50 years it already gave me and now look after it and straighten my hairdressing back and my neck that's tilted forward and my scapulars that stick out and my tilted pelvis and from having kids. Why don't I spend three or four years and then I can live till 100 and be straight? I'll be the hottest 100-year-old you'll ever see. <laughs> but it, it really is getting your head around the timing issue. So I think it's really important that you just be honest up front and go, and I do the same when I'm coaching. I go, if you think that this is a 12-week, six-month, 12-year, 12-month course, it's not. As long as you've got a business, you're going to need support and help. Oh, and continual ed education and, you know, any, and people look oh, similar to us, you know, oh, you've done so well and, you know, oh, look where you are now. And it's like the 10 years or 11 years of slog and, and hard work, we just didn't pop up overnight. Um, and definitely those first three years, if you didn't have that guts and resilience and, and uh, the vision that this was going to work, um, yeah, it was a struggle because to hit a marketplace when I'd walk into a clinic and because I was the rep back then and say, hi, you know, my name's Simone and this product is Dermavigils. And I'd say, what? Never heard of that. We had no brand presence, no market presence. 
um, you know, it, it's pretty tough. And um, that is, I can assimilate that to the girls seeing their clients come in and say, well, you know, this is X skincare line. Um, I'd like you to try that. It's sometimes really foreign to the end user to have to use three, four, maybe even, you know, if you push in an eye cream and of course your sunscreen, five products. Um, it's not always easy to get the clients to take their retail home or to build a business, whatever you're looking at. Um, but with persistence and the right education, the right vocabulary, it, it does start to fall into place and, and a lot of patience as well. And you've got to undo what they believe to be. Alert. Mm, belief system for sure. Yeah, and I find even with business coaching, I find that really hard. Like they've come and they've been to two or three coaches and then they come and I go, well, we've got to look at how much of it is you didn't show up and how much of it the person wasn't firm enough on the, the numbers and the foundations and, you know, good culture and stuff like that. Because when, when, the, when the patient, patient, when the client is impatient and then you want to get the account so you let them have what they want, that's just a disaster. It's just another one of those. And I say, well, you know, uh, the, the greatest thing I do is, like you said, push them away and say, come back when you're ready. When you're serious, come back. And then they go, oh, no one's ever pushed me away before. Everyone's always pulled me in and promised me something. You mm -hmm. know, I think it doesn't work like that. I, I, I found that I was attracting the wrong client. So you're better off with quality clients that are long-lasting. They get the results. You get so much business owner joy when you work with those type of clients. But it takes balls to be able to say it, I think, or courageous conversations to be able to call it as it is. And some will go, hmm, that was a bit arrogant. What was she on? And leave. And others would go, good on you. Yeah, good. Okay. So you've got to, just got to find your people, basically, don't you? That's exactly right. And if you look, you're finding your people by um, mentoring and coaching. And if we've got to look at these as partnerships, if that partnership's not working well, nothing's going to work for either party. I look at partnerships as by the clinics that we choose to align and work with. And we do that very, very carefully and with a very considered um, consideration. And then you take it to the salon owners and their staff. They are partnering with their clients and picking the right clients um, to take on that journey. So every downstream or side stream of what we're doing you're creating partnerships and if you're going to marry someone who's not compliant who does the wrong thing all the time who um is very cheeky and sneaky would that partnership last i reckon you'll be at the divorce lawyer before you can say you know i've lost all my money in the bank and the same is with business so choose the people you want to work with and choose them wisely because not all money is good money. And that I've learned that lesson um, as a deep ingrained lesson um, over, the, over the years. And, and the other thing I've learned is money comes from joy and great relationships. It doesn't come from, comes from hard work, but the hard work can be easier if you're working with the right people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think you've got to find your people and be patient and stand your ground. And I think all of those things come a little easier as you get older because experience teaches you these things, you know, and, and being a yes person and being nice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't, no, doesn't always work. No, nice stands for nothing inside me cares enough. Mm -hmm. There you go. I like that one. Yeah, that's for nice. Well, it was lovely talking to you today. So hopefully the listeners will get some in uh, some understanding. Don't panic. You just need to find the right person for you and know that your skincare is ongoing. It is a relationship that you have with yourself 
And you know yourself, sometimes you look in the mirror and you think, mm, I'm 110. And other days you look in the mirror and you go, mm, you're all right. And it's the oh, same I'm looking pretty hot today. And it's the same person looking back at you, isn't it, every day? Yep. Except that it, everything shows on your face, doesn't it? It does. Your skin, we'll just remember that one as we close, your skin is a site of response. So how are you going to respond to what your skin's saying? Yeah, exactly. Very true. Well, thank you for your time today. Um, thank you for having me thank you for listening to salon conversations i enjoy bringing them to you so i hope that you enjoy them and that you will share them with other people in the industry that you think might enjoy them if you'd like to get in touch with me there are show notes at the end of every episode or you can find me on socials lisa conway hyphen zing or you can go to my website the Zing Project. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a great day.